Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And today I got two different interviews to get done in one hour. Hold on. Going to be a lot of great information. You know, the question is, what did you learn this summer about God? A lot of people, don't, they, they don't stop. We're so busy. We don't ever take time to figure out what do we learn and how does it apply to our our workplace? How does our faith connect to our workplaces? Who can help me understand how to lead for Christ in my workplace? Who can help me connect what I learn on Sunday with what I learn on Monday? Well, today we've got Greg Leith. He's the CEO of Convene. Now, Convene is an organization that's based out of the West, but they're, they're out there discipling and mentoring Christian business owners and leaders across the country. And for years, I've been trying to get in front of them. And I'm so grateful today to have Greg Leith from Convene. Greg, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, hi, Jim. It's great to be with you from Newport Beach, California. But our footprint, as you alluded to, is national. We're from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco. Yeah, and that's and that's fantastic. We've just got to get you because I, I know that you're not in Florida yet, but I know that it is in your goals, and I know that you guys are ministering to business leaders and business owners across the country. And I just wanted, because we've got listeners listening from around the world and people listening on iHeartRadio across the country, I want to make sure people heard about Convene because there's you're a ministry that they need to hear about. Greg, before we get into hearing about Convene, I always ask my guests this question. How have you seen the Lord working in your life in those intimate details where you notice him and go, Lord, I had no idea you cared about this. How have you seen the Lord working recently? Hmm. That, that's a great question. I was, I was reflecting about this because it's uh, pretty soon to be my 59th birthday. So, you know, when you get close to your birthday, you reflect. And uh, when I was uh, nine years old to 16 years old, I lived in the Tampa Bay area. And I would say if I quickly timelined my life, as I did uh, this past weekend, I was nervous almost at every juncture that would God come through with the next thing He wanted me to do. But I realized, as I thought about Psalm 91, we live in the shadow of the Almighty, surrounded by the God who is above all gods. He takes care of us in the daytime, He takes care of us in the nighttime, and all through my life, God has been orchestrating His care for me, and I kind of wondered, wait, why didn't I see that care in the moment, and why do I only sometimes see it in the rearview mirror? So that's why I love Psalm 91, that reminds us that He is always caring for us. Hmm. And it's so 
good to remind ourselves of that because we do struggle. When we get in the weeds during the day, a lot of times we think, well, I just got to take care of that. And we forget to step back and go, Lord, is that what you want me to do? Is that really the step you want me to take? Lord, I, I'm so tempted to provide my, for myself, but is this where you want to provide for me? I mean, it's so easy mm, to get yeah. caught up in our own provision. And yeah. uh, it's a good reminder. It's a great reminder. Hey, Greg, we're here to talk today about Convene. Talk to me about what is Convene all about? Well, let me put it this way, Jim. This morning when we woke up around the world, about 7 billion people over 24 hours woke up, and according to the numbers, about 3.8 billion of them went to work. The church has, for the last 100 years or so, continued to say, come to church, and that's a good thing. But I would say those 3.8 billion people are at work Monday to Friday. We need to meet them where they are. And Convene is about training CEOs to help them see their company as a vehicle that God can use so that there'll be a doorway, a pathway for the kingdom of God to see people where they are at work, right under their noses. They don't have to be that ATM machine to send money to a mission field. They, they have a mission field standing right behind them, working right behind them on the shop floor, doing work, selling, doing finance, doing accounting, doing HR. All those people need to be seen as a ministry, a mission field that we can say, hey, I'd like to pull back the covers on the meaning and purpose of life with you and show you that God loves you. Now, I mean, this is... It- when you, you mentioned it, and that's why I mentioned at the beginning of the show, connecting what we learn on Sunday and applying it to what we're doing Monday through Friday, do you see a lot of CEOs really struggling with this? Absolutely. And in the early days of Convene, we used to be called Beyond the Bottom Line, BBL. And our tagline, which I have to confess I loved a lot, was turning the Sunday stuff into Monday stuff. And uh It's so true that CEOs are not really getting trained in any formal way about the theology of work, about seeing their work as ministry. So Convene is is working with those CEOs, owners and CEOs, because you're working with with business owners as well as CEOs. You're talking about CEOs that maybe aren't business owners, but also CEOs that are business owners, correct? Yeah, so you could be the CEO of a public corporation, and you could be uh, the Mr. and Mrs. who own your own business. So we are saying if you lead a company, you're a candidate to check out Convene. Hmm, That's fantastic. And you're in, what states are you guys in right now? Well, what's, how well, many more states aren't you in right now? Yeah, we're, we're actually, I would say if I just scan across the country, uh, getting going in New Jersey, in Washington, in Alabama, in Atlanta, in Texas, in St. Louis, uh, in Houston, in uh, Southern California, Northern California, working on getting going in Florida. And I'm pretty confident I'm missing some because I'm just scanning the country here. Chicago no problem. Uh, is another we, place. Greg, how did Convene get started? Well, Jim, thanks for asking. That's a question that has its roots at uh, one of the three largest churches in the world, Saddleback Church. And uh, there was a fellow from Canada whose name was Brian Thatcher, who was with the Navigators, and he came down to work at Saddleback Church due to his wife's illness, where the doctors were best here in Southern California. So in the process of working at Saddleback, working with men, he became aware of an elder whose name was Rick Green, 
And Rick was a Vistage member, which is a mastermind CEO group that is a secular group, good good bunch of folks. And they took the navigator's work of of adherence to biblical truth and understanding the theology of work, and they married it with the principles of Vistage, and they came up with Convene. So I like to call it the Reese's Peanut Butter and the Chocolate Story. So they put those two things together and came up with Convene. Yeah, but do you don't have a great theme song like they do, though. Two great tastes that taste great together. That I you know. know. We, one we of the best commercials on ever. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. One of the best commercials ever, because you could still picture that guy walking and the girl eating and them tripping and knocking. Okay, sorry, get distracted. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but that's but that's the kind of image you want to create. So you're you're working with CEOs from what size companies do you typically does Convene like to work with? Well, we've actually got a couple of companies that are a billion dollars. So okay. just to kind of uh, put it out there, that Convene is not just for small businesses. But, uh, the, you know, the typical company we would work with would be five, ten, fifteen million dollars. And there's a lot of fifteen hundred, two hundred million dollar companies as well. You know, what I have seen is the plight of the Christian small business owner. The, the business owner that they're, they're, they're in that under five million dollar range. And, and they're going, wait a minute, there's so many organizations that want me to be bigger so I can get part of them. But that's there's there's a huge need out there, but not everybody can meet all the needs. So as Convene is meeting those the needs of that that niche, five million and above, I imagine most of your customers are five million to twenty million dollar companies because that's a lot of those small businesses around the country. What do you see as their biggest need that you're fulfilling? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my pastor Rick Warren was talking this weekend about Nebuchadnezzar, and one of the things that happened to this guy who was a very significant leader is he got complacent. And, uh, you know, it's a big job running a country and uh, being king. And really, those are some of the same things that a CEO faces. I, we, we empirically know that our CEOs face things like complexity and overload. You know, the world is changing and business is going at a fast pace. So how do you keep up with all that? And then blind spots. You think you know it all, but you don't. People challenges. What about hiring? What about firing? How do you do that in a God-honoring way? And the $64 brass ring question, how do I integrate my faith? There's no class on that unless you go to one. You didn't wake up with that when you got the title of CEO. And then how do you integrate profit and people and excellence and still honor God and put it all on that mm, platform, I would say, of honoring God? All those things, complexity, blind spots, people challenges, profitable growth, faith integration, that's what our guys and ladies struggle with. So how did you get involved? Well, I was uh, called by my friend, my Canadian friend, Brian Thatcher, and he, he said, hey, I'm down here in Southern California. Come on down. We've got a group of CEOs. And I went to the group of CEOs, the, the first or second group. And today we've got uh, over 500 men and women in over 40 groups all across America. So my uh, beginnings happened because of a relationship that I had with somebody with the Navigators. So how long have you been involved with Convene? About a decade. So in a decade, you've seen a lot of trends in business. I mean, there's been a lot of things that are impacting small businesses. I mean, and, and really, even billion-dollar businesses are small in some comparison sake to some of the really big businesses out there. But what have you seen as some of the things that these CEOs of these smaller businesses, 5 to $25 million, are facing today that they weren't even, they didn't even know were on their radar a decade ago? What, are, what do you see some of the things they're struggling about? 
Yeah, well, you certainly have to keep up with the times, uh, that whole biblical concept of the men of Issachar who are keeping up with the times. If you don't keep up with the times, you're in deep trouble. But at the same time as you have to keep up with the times, I don't think we need to be governed by the latest management fad. If we if we did a, a graph of management fads, whether it's management by walking around or you name it, you know, there's been a hundred management fads over time that we all chase. And I would rather say, gosh, what can we learn from, for example, the story of King Nebuchadnezzar? What can we learn from Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? What can we learn from Paul? What can we learn from all these biblical stories that have great leadership applications? So I'd say, stop chasing the latest fad and get some Bible time uh, in the morning or in the evening and get out a pencil, get out a notebook and say, what leadership principle can I learn from that biblical story? Because God put it there for a reason. So how does Convene do that for, for the CEOs? How does Convene help those CEOs take biblical wisdom and apply it to day-to-day business? What, what's a Convene meeting like? Well, I mean, why don't you describe some of that Convene membership for people? Yeah, so three things would happen if I would take you into that that room. Uh, you would see men and women, uh, 8, 10, 12, 16 men and women, uh, doing life together in a mastermind, if you will, scenario. That means the power of the group is greater than the power of any single person. And it's not about the person who leads the group, the chair. They're the facilitator. So this is, as a friend of mine likes to say, the only game in town with 16 coaches for every player. So what's going to happen in the morning is people are going to check in, see how each other's doing. Very intentional. How's my family on a 1 to 10 scale? How's my marriage if I'm married? How's my business? How am I? How am I doing? And then after that check-in time, there would be a time of learning from some content, 10, 15 pages of faith at work learning. And we've got over 90 months of content now where people are learning um, the faith at work um, model or how do you do marketing on a faith platform? How do you do finance on a faith platform? How do you do HR on a faith platform? So that content and learning. And then in the afternoon, there would be uh, issues and challenges. So somebody might say, I want to expand my business. Somebody might say I have a people problem. Somebody might say I have a marriage problem. Whatever the case may be, we would work on that together as a group. And then when those issues are done and the day is done, uh, you still would receive about 90 minutes, give or take, of one-to-one executive coaching from the chair of the group, where you do a deep dive on your personal, more unique issues to you. During those discussions that you guys have, I I love the issues and challenges section because, I mean, those are where you're saying that business owners can bring something that they're struggling with and present it to the group and seek almost like a board of advisors kind of uh, solution to that. What's that look like? What kind of, let me ask two questions. What's it look like and what kind of questions, what kind of situations do people bring in that they're looking for advice on? Yeah, it it is kind of a board of advisors, so you can either go find and pay a board of directors or you can join Convene, and uh, when you are there with your issue, which might be, let's say, here's one from a while back, um, I want to expand my business, and somebody might say in the group, okay, so wait a minute, you two months ago said you wanted to spend more time with your family, how's that going to impact your family? Or somebody might say, I'd like to uh, fire my such-and-such position, you know, Sam. And somebody might say, 
well, so does Sam know what's expected of him? Does, how have you loved Sam in the last while? How have you taken care of him? Or how have you um, showed your faith to this person? This is not all about performance. Maybe it's got something to do with faith as well. So there'd be these sort of challenge questions, if you will, challenge issues where you kind of can't get away with much um, in a blithe sort of fashion if you're a, a member of Convene. Well, and that's some of the beauty of what I've heard about Convene. And, and, and I just want to, uh, uh, my wife just reminded me that we need to celebrate the fact that you're an organization in this country focusing on helping Christ-following leaders to incorporate their faith into their workplace. And that is to be celebrated because there's just, there's not enough. I mean, it, there's just not enough going around. And there's so many Christ-followers in business that don't have, that are not involved in Convene or one of the other groups that are like yours getting discipled, getting access to a board of advisors like you just described in a discussion. So the work that you're doing is phenomenal because it is impacting the kingdom. And and if as we raise up CEOs that understand the connection between Sunday and Monday, that's when we start to expand the kingdom because people inside the organizations are going to go, hey, Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, what's different about you? I mean, that's the power. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, I've been saying lately, you know, we're all, everybody kind of has their uh, shorts in a knot about who's going to be the next president. Uh, and it's very, very, very important uh, who the next president is. But no matter who the next president is, the day after the election, when everybody wakes up, all your employees are going to show up at work and they're going to look to you and you're still going to be the CEO. You're still going to own the company and you're going to need to show them your faith at work. Greg, in this section, you've done such a great job just describing the meetings and the impact it can have on people. As you've been involved for a decade with Convene, what is, what's one of the greatest, without mentioning any names, what's one of the greatest turnarounds you've seen in a business leader's life as a result of being involved in a Convene group? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I'll, I, would, I would put it this way. There's a, a gentleman in uh, one of our groups who... Um, I was having a conversation with at one point in time, and I was kind of, I guess, treating what he said as nonchalant. And he said, um, you know, Convenus changed my life. And I kind of said, oh, that's great. Thanks. And he looked at me, kind of put his hands on my shoulders, and uh, said, you don't understand. Convene has changed everything about my life. It's changed my business. It's changed my marriage. I've, I didn't understand everything anything about this faith work integration thing. I had no idea. And my life is completely different. So we see increased profitability. We see better employee satisfaction. We see people focus on excellence. We see people just beginning again to focus on their business all across the country. There's stories all across the country, and it's really fun to watch. How successful do you think you are in integrating with pastors or churches? Since you guys launched out of Saddleback, Rick Warren's a little bit of an anomaly. Not many people have written, not many pastors have written a book that's been sold a billion times or whatever it is for a purpose-driven life. But I mean, how, how good is the partnership at Saddleback and how is your partnership with pastors across the country? Yeah, well, we are just working on creating a way to do that um, much differently and in a stronger way than we do now. Uh, I think that we we can certainly say that the church may have missed the meeting as it relates to CEOs being uh, important, 
But today, we can't really say that anymore. There's the academy, the, the, the universities, there's the church, and there's the organizations like us and like C12 and, and uh, Truth at Work that we're beginning to say together, how do we work together to involve the local church, to involve the academy, and to do something significant here? I was with the leadership of Pinnacle and CBMC and my, my buddy Mike Shero the other day and a way too long meeting at an Admiral's Club in Dallas. And we basically put our numbers up on the board and we don't serve even 1% of the target market of Christian CEOs. So we have a long way to go. The church is a huge part of that strategy because all of our target customers that are Christian CEOs are sitting in church on Sunday. And it's time for us to partner with the church. And I'd say, boy, any pastor who wants to talk about that, go to our website, find my email address and email me, and we would be thrilled to get one of our CEOs to come to your church and talk about faith at work. Now, that is the most incredible music to my ears after three and a half years of being on the radio. That is, and it's awesome. What you just said was two huge things. Four leaders from four huge Christian business mentoring ministries working together to see how they can impact the church, how they can get access. Are you guys all going to be at the Faith and Work Summit in uh, Dallas coming up here? Yeah, yeah, we're working on that and doing some other things together, some exciting news that we're not quite ready to announce uh, yet, but let's just say the words largest Faith at Work conference in history is something we're working on right now, and we're saying, you know, this is not a Coke and Pepsi thing. This is not a, you know, Nike versus Adidas thing. This is, if we get this right, we can change the trajectory of history in America so that the Christian CEOs see their platform as a place to show Jesus to the world, while still saying profit matters, people matter, excellence matters. If you don't have profit, you don't have a company to honor God. So we have to have business performance, and it has to be on an eternal perspective, or we're, we're, we're cooked. We're doing something for nothing. Mm. I look forward to getting in the middle of that conversation as, as I've had all of you guys on the show. It's so exciting because it's true. If we could impact those CEOs that are sitting in the pews, if we could start helping pastors to understand that high calling on their lives, as well as the, the pastor's life, but as well as the CEO and the business leader's lives, we start to change. We, we start to shift the paradigm in our country. We start to eliminate that segmentation in our faith and we start compartmentalization in our faith and start to really make an impact. Greg, why don't we take it personal? You're a leader of a big organization. As you said, there's 500 people involved in over 40 groups across the country. How do you keep your faith front and center as you lead this organization? Do you ever have struggles with going, wait a minute, how does my faith impact what I'm doing here when I'm looking at a financial statement or when I'm hiring or firing somebody? How... How do, how do you struggle in that integration of faith and work? Yeah, well, alluding back to the question that you asked me at the beginning, uh, you know, my story has been that sometimes I miss God in the daily by thinking that, um, you know, He might not show up. Of course, He's always going to show up. And then when I'm looking at the numbers, saying 400 of these, 500 of these, 600 of these, but I, want, I wanted 10% more, I can forget that 10% more or 10% less is, you know, maybe that many more or that, that, that many less people who don't hear the good news from their CEO. So I need to stay grounded in God's Word, not miss my time with God. And if I find that when I miss my time with God, 
I miss my eternal perspective real fast. And I start focusing on numbers and people and problems and profit instead of focusing on God. And I love this, this whole Jewish concept of the day begins at night and then we go to sleep and God works even while we sleep. So we have to stop saying it's all about me and all my performance. The fact is it's all about God and his performance. And the only way we figure that out, abide in Christ, spend time with him, dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, and then we'll get it right. Mm. And you talk about those priorities, recognizing that there's only 23 hours in the day. That first hour is the Lord's, or as you're saying, that'd be maybe hour nine if, if, if the day starts at night. But to, to recognize that you're helping CEOs and business leaders recognize that there is a certain list of priorities in life and that number one is our Heavenly Father. How do you help those business leaders with Convene? How do you, those business leaders that are involved in Convene, how do you help them keep their priorities in straight? Their, 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 first their walk with the Lord, then their marriages if they're married, then their kids if they've got kids before their business. How do you help them keep that all in order? Well, that's where the, the teaching and learning content that's a couple hours of every Convene uh, once a month day where these uh, CEOs are sitting around a group together, and these men and women who lead companies are talking about uh, learning about theology, learning about marriage and family, learning about business and how it all fits on a biblical platform. So it is not just a bunch of problem-solving. It's a couple hours of learning every month. So I'd say to your listeners, if they're saying, if they look back over the last year, over the last two years, and say, how many books on faith at work did I read? How many articles on faith at work did I read? How many YouTube videos did I, you know, listen to on faith at work? And the answer is not very many. Then you're not, you're not moving ahead in the faith work equation. You're, if you're just reading good to great, you're missing the greatest book of all time that tells us about leadership, and that's the Bible. And that's what we do well at Convene. Well, and, and that's so huge to have everything centered on the scriptures and for people to understand that, you know, a lot of Christ followers, and you know this and you get frustrated about it probably just like I do, there's a lot of Christ followers out there that never read it from cover to cover, that they have no idea of the, the wealth of information that's in the scriptures. Uh, exactly. It, it's in- it's incredible. So people can find out more about Convene on the website at convenenow.com. When they go out there, what else are they going to see? Well, I would say go to convenenow.com, but I would also go to YouTube. And type in Convene, and you're going to find 174 teaching videos. Uh, So you don't need to join Convene to start learning. Start the journey today on YouTube.com and find 174 teaching videos to date. Thanks to the good work of our team, 1.3 million minutes of these videos have been watched, from Ken Blanchard to John Townsend to Bill Pollard to Francis Chan. It's all there. That's fantastic. Greg, thanks so much for making time for our work for him today. Just kind of introduce the audience to Convene. Love to have a more detailed conversation and maybe even bring on one of your Convene members in the future. But Greg Leith, CEO of Convene, thanks so much for being on our work for him today. Thanks, Jim. It's our pleasure. All right, I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. I'm looking forward to that. Kind of an action-packed show today. Just finished up a conversation with Greg Leith, the CEO of Convene. If you want to find out more about how you as a CEO of a business can get involved in Convene, just uh, find them online at convenenow.com. That's convenenow.com. But sometimes in business, sometimes in our lives, we run into some adversity. And if there's one man who's an expert in adversity in life, it's Oz Hillman. Oz Hillman's a many-time guest on I Work For Him and 
honestly, one of my spiritual, really the number one spiritual mentor in marketplace ministry, because it was because of Oz Hillman's faithfulness to the Lord and sending out daily emails that my life paradigm was shifted from compartmentalizing my faith, from, from faith and work to integrating them together. Oz Hillman, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? Oh, good. It's always great to hear your voice. You've got a really exciting conference coming up this weekend, and I want to hear about that in a second, but I just want to get some perspective from you. How does your work in marketplace ministry give you, Oz, a unique vantage point into the brokenness of our world today? Well, Jim, you know my story. I went through uh, some major adversity back in the 90s that... um, as a businessman and owner of an ad agency, you know, had some major losses, over half a million dollars. Wife left me. 80% of my business walked out the door. And just a number of calamities happened over a three-month period that moved. That actually took me into a seven-year season, and it was two years into that, that a man uh, came across my path that was a very uh, spiritual, uh, mature man who founded the International Christian Chamber of Commerce. At that time, they were in 75 countries. And as he listened to my story, he said, Oz, you have a Joseph calling on your life. Yeah, you've probably made some mistakes. But what you need to realize, you have a marketplace call on your life. And because of the adversities you've gone through, God is using those adversities to speak a message and also to be a spiritual and physical provider to others. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of this concept, Joseph calling. <laughs> well, talk to me about So you, 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 it was Gunnar Olson that said that to you, right? Gunnar Olson. Right. Me, mm-hmm. right? All right. That's so right. as he says it to you, okay, you've, Oz, you've got a Joseph calling on your life. You're like, wait a minute. Joseph was a sla- he, he was sold into slavery by his brothers and then spent a number 11 plus years in prison for something he didn't do uh, and but then he was foist, hoisted out of slavery and in prison to being second in command of the most powerful country in the world at that point in time why don't you describe what a Joseph calling really is well i think it's um a marketplace call, you know, Joseph was actually in the marketplace. It's a call in which God prepares a person for, I think, to have a unique influence in the world. I think it's a person that um, is many times might be an entrepreneur even. But what we see with Joseph is he was elevated, he was being prepared for a governmental calling uh, where he was elevated into the nation of Egypt that really influenced the entire part of the world. But God elevated him into that. We often talk about the seven spheres or seven cultural mountains of business, government, arts and entertainment, and, and education, family, the church, and so forth. These areas are what we believe to be the, the most influential areas that often uh, establish what we believe and our values uh, through the culture. And so here we have a, a young man who was very uh, immature, uh, very prideful. Uh, he was a favorite son and uh, and, and kind of had a silver spoon in his mouth, if you will. And he was very boisterous. And, and yet God had some plan for him. And it was through those circumstances they took him through a 17-year uh, process, I think, uh, or 13-year process uh, of preparing him, removing the pride from his life, and even demonstrating 
the favor of God in the midst of the adversity. And I think that's one thing we forget about him, is that everywhere Joseph went, God favored him, even in the midst of his slavery, even in the midst of being jailed. Uh, but yet he was wrongfully accused. So we see this dichotomy between, you know, John 10.10 10 says Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. But then the second part of that verse says Jesus came to give us life. And so we see this, these two different worlds of Joseph where God says, I'm still with you. I'm not going to release you yet. I'm setting you aside for a special mission, and I've got to take you through this process in order to do it. And the Bible says in Psalm 119 that um, by the word of the Lord, God proved Joseph true, and so that's that was his training ground, if you will. Oz, this weekend, you've got a conference in Atlanta, the Joseph Calling Conference. It's the 23rd and 24th, this Friday, this Saturday. What can people expect, and how can they get involved? Because it's this week. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a last-minute decision, but it could be one of those meetings like I had with Gunnar Olson that, that helped me understand why I was going through such adversity. And, and, you know, Jim, that's really the question, isn't it? Once we have an idea of why we're going through something, it can make it easier to go through it. It can give us the hope and the encouragement to keep hanging on. And so I think there's many people out there that are going through a difficult season in their life that need the encouragement. They need to understand what God says about it. They need to understand why they're going through it. I think there's four reasons you can go through adversity, and we need to understand why. And then how do we get out of it? What are the ways that we need to uh, uh, approach God about getting out of these adversities? But we're going to unpack a lot of this kind of stuff for those that um, have a Joseph calling on their life or a marketplace call. They may not have to be in the adversity, but they're going to know a lot of people who are, and maybe somebody listening knows somebody is, and they need to go to it. And they can just go to todaygoddessfirst.com to learn more about the conference, todaygoddessfirst.com. All right. Okay, so todaygoddessfirst.com is where they can go. It's, I think there's also a link on your other website, marketplaceleaders.org, so both places yeah. they, can, they can get links. So the conference is perfect for those people that they may be in a, they're in the marketplace with their experiences, significant piece of adversity in their lives, or they're in the marketplace and they're going to be working with people who have adversity in their lives. This is a conference for people to learn about this Joseph calling. Because Oz, you've been, you started learning about this in the early nineties. You've now have, have seen it and walked, I imagine hundreds, if not thousands of people through this process. Why do you think the Lord uses this process so often in our lives especially for those who have a very specific calling in the marketplace? Well, you know, I, I've, uh, I was just working on my talk this morning, and one of the things that always comes to me is, you know, the goal of the Christian life is death. <laughs> and, and when I say that, I mean death to our old life, you know, so that Christ can live fully in and through us. And I think sometimes he allows uh, those leaders that he's going to use significantly to go through this process that brings us to the end of ourselves in many things that we've placed our confidence in and our, uh, you know, our whole identity in. And so there's always this, uh, this uh, God's economy that is very, uh, it's a very upside-down economy, if you will. The Bible says if you want to go high with God, you got to go low first. If you want to um, 
you know, if you want to um, be first in the kingdom, you've got to serve others. If you if you want to receive, you got to give. Uh, forgive those who, uh, you know, wrongfully use you and, and forsake you. So it's an up-downside economy, and so that's really what the Joseph process is about. It's helping us understand that. But when we get on the other side of it, it's a, an incredible thing that God does. I, You know, Jim, I never could have imagined that here, this local ad agency guy who had literally probably gone to one country in his life, uh, 21 years later, I've been to 26 countries and written 17 books, all because of that seven-year process he took me through. And uh, I believe that so many times, the larger story of our life, the front door of that is some type of crisis event. And, and there's just so much on people to absorb all that because it is what you went through. There are many people going through it and, and, and it is, and there's people listening today that are, are, they're listening to the recording of what we're talking about today. And they're listening on podcasts and it may be months after we've had this conversation, they're going, wait a minute, maybe that's what's going on in my life. Maybe God is preparing me for something that I need to get rid of the rest of myself. Maybe I just haven't died to myself. And that's why I say, when I describe adversity, is that adversity takes you from who you are to who God can use, because when we're full of ourselves, we can't bring glory to the Lord. Well, that's exactly right, and that certainly was what uh, what Joseph was. God gave him a vision. It was a vision from God. But because of the way he shared it and just his own immaturity at the time, God couldn't use it. And so often there's a death of a vision before the real vision is birthed. You know, I, I remember that I thought God's call on me was to birth a Christian magazine called Christians in Business, but it died too. And uh, it wasn't until I, you know, had to walk through a process to really understand what God was trying to do with me that I was able to fulfill His vision for me. Well, and the Lord has used you in such amazing ways in the marketplace faith movement that it is, I mean, every time I talk to somebody, they're like, well, I mean, have you ever met Oz Hillman? I mean, Oz Hillman, I mean, I'm like, of course I've met Oz Hillman. I mean, who cannot be on the radio talking about faith and work without meeting Oz Hillman? But you've got, you've made such an impact on lives across the country because of your story. So the Lord used your story, your adversity to shape you so you could be an influencer. And that's what this Joseph Calling Conference is all about this weekend in Atlanta. It's not too, not too late to get involved, go online. You could go online to, to, to todaygodisfirst.com and register or marketplaceleaders.org. Oz, who are the people that you got speaking this weekend, and what are they going to be talking about? Well, uh, my wife, uh, Pamela, is going to be speaking. You've had her on your radio show. She has an incredible redemptive story. She calls herself a Josephine. Uh, she battled an addiction for 35 years that put her in some incredible adverse situations in her life, and she's come out now and has a ministry of her own. And then uh, Gerard Long, who is the former uh, CEO of Alpha in the workplace, and uh, he and his wife have a powerful testimony as well. Uh, then there's Bradley Stewart from South Africa. Bradley is a, a man who actually played a very key role in my own journey back in the 90s, where uh, he told me, um, basically, the Lord showed him this 
devotional I was writing and how significant it was going to be. Uh, and that's the TGIF devotional, which really I couldn't have written that had I not gone through those seven years. And uh, I get these wonderful letters from people uh, telling me how much that devotional, just like yourself, uh, impacts them. And it, and I couldn't have written that had I not gone through what I had gone through to be able to go into the depth of God's soil in my own life. So talk about who should be registering today for the Joseph Calling Conference this Friday. Well, I think it really, it's a broad uh, group of people, but uh, we'd really love to see those in the workplace who uh, are called to the workplace, who have gone through adversity. But also, there's a whole, you know, part of this conference is part business call, but it's also family in the sense that the message that Gerard and Jeannie bring is a message of losing uh, two adult children in accidents. So it's also for people who have had some major uh, catastrophic family losses and how they're learning to deal with that grief. You know, they have a unique message to be able to share with those people. And so we kind of have two tracks, one for the, the marketplace and one for families who've had some you know, considerable losses in their lives. So people can find out more online on which websites, Oz? Todaygodisfirst.com will take them directly to the conference website. Todaygodisfirst.com. All right. Well, I know it's going to be a fantastic conference. I know that you've got a lot of great things to speak into people. I, I'm, I, I wish that I could have gotten away this weekend to go see it, but I, I know it's going to be incredible. We'll be praying for you Friday and Saturday night. Oz, next time you're on the air, we're going to dig deep. I mean, we'll talk about some of the results of what's going on at the Joseph Calling Conference, and we'll, we'll do a follow-up to see what's going on, and, and so we could share some of those amazing testimonies. So look for some of those stories this weekend so we could share them on a future episode of I Work For Him. Hey, Amen. That'd be great, Jim. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for calling in today. I really appreciate All right. you. All righty. Bye-bye. As, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I know it's just crazy bringing in two different guests from two different spots, but there's just so much great stuff going on out there, and I really wanted you to hear about this Oz, about Oz Hillman's Joseph Calling Conference. It, the Lord is shaping you to do something great. You've got a specific call in your life. Do you know what it is? Find out. Go to Oz Hillman's website, todaygodisfirst.com, todaygodisfirst.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.